often they start quite small and that's really up to us to then give them that confidence and, and show those results that they do more than that. Yes. And that's, that, that's probably the success story. My name is David Angel and welcome to Managing Marketing, a podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. And remember, if you are enjoying the Managing Marketing podcast, please either like, review or share this episode to help spread the words and wisdom from our guests each week. So today I'm joined by Kerry Spaharan, um, owner and founder of Graffiti. Uh, fast-growing brand experience agency in Melbourne. Welcome, Kerry, and thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. So um, I want to start with what must seem to you like a really basic question, but do you know what? So I, I think there are many different answers that I've heard, certainly in my career. Um, so, so what follows is going to sound like a bit of a dumb, a dumb thing, but I do want to start with your definition of what brand experience actually means. It's one of those areas that many agencies claim, they do claim to have it, um, and it probably means something very different to what it meant even 10 years ago. So talk to me about your definition and, and how, how things have evolved during your time running graffiti. Okay. Well, I guess at Graffiti, we um, explain brand experience by saying it's building a real connection between brands and audiences in the, the physical world. And I guess that could be done in a number of different ways. It could be activations, events, installations, exhibitions, roadshows, launches, digital tech and immersive experience. It's just a, a raft of, of, of different options there. Um, and it has changed um, a lot in 20 years, as we were just talking about yes, 20 indeed. years ago. Um, and I think we're going back to that time, it was probably more activations and sampling. Um, and there was... And it was a bit fluffy, I guess that's, that's how it was. And, and obviously, I, actually, I started and I was doing more sales promotions. That's how I got into, yeah. into the business. But um, things have really changed now because marketers have lots of options. So what they want to see if they're doing a brand experience is the return on investment and measurement. And that has really come a long way. Mm-hmm. And we're at, we at Graffiti are really focusing on doing that because I feel like when they're in doing a brand experience, it can be very expensive, depending what you're doing. It's not yeah. always expensive, but if you're doing custom builds and using tech and things like that, it's expensive. So it's really competing with a lot of other channels. So what we are doing, which I think is really, really interesting, and we are working with some global experts in the um, measurement in football footfall tracking sensors. So um, this is data that's collected through smartphone signals. So if you've got an activation, um, you can actually measure how many people are there, how long they engage with your staff. In our reports, we can get heat maps and journey maps as well. So it's really interesting for marketers to see what are the popular areas and you know how they can improve in other events as well because often it's not just one-off um, brand experience. It might be you know something that we're doing um, continually. And they can also now, which we're investigating, is um, provide demographic breakdowns. Mm-hmm. So that is really interesting. It's really scary <laughs> that all of this, is, all of this yeah. information is obviously being tracked through your <coughs> smartphone. Yeah. But it just... 
I think this is what is just really important that, you know, uh, for us to provide these reports. So that's what we're really encouraging clients to do. And we need to really understand what the objectives are, obviously, to be able to put the right um, practices in place. Um, but also on top of that, we really rely on our in-house promotional staff, our brand ambassadors, and um, in, there's a number of ways that they can really capture information as well. So sometimes they could be, it could be lead generation. So um, they will make sure that people provide that information and we've got the lead generations. It could be just brand sentiment. It could be discussions. It could be box pops or, you know, some um, research surveys as well. So we have a, a really great team of um, um, brand ambassadors. We've got about 100 brand ambassadors on, mm. on our book. So we make sure that we really have the right staff for the right um, projects as well. Yeah. So we do the recruiting, the management. It's a big thing. Yeah. But I will I'll talk about that a little bit further, but we feel like that is a real point of difference as well. Because at the end of the day, you're spending a lot of money, months and months planning, and the people on the ground who are at that forefront are representing the brand. Yeah. So we want the right people there and getting that information that that um, marketers are looking for as well. So it's interesting. I, I think uh, the information that marketers are looking for. I think we all we all know what that is. Um, do they get well? Two questions actually. Do they get surprised? when you tell them that they, you now can measure like this? And also, does it change, or how much does it change what you need from them in terms of briefing? Because presumably you need a lot more information than you would have done previously. You've yeah. just been talking about, you know, your your staff being much more professional, much more briefed yes. and much more. So presumably you need to push clients quite hard to give you more information than they perhaps would, were anticipating. Is that? Yes. Well, and that's why we do a lot of, um, we work really closely with clients to get all that information at the beginning and really go through the consumer journey as well. You know, where do you want people to go? What do you want in certain areas? Like every um, brand experience is, is quite different, but the more information you're given, the better result we can give yeah. as well. But I feel like it, it is great for clients to be able to wrap it up in reports as well and go back to their superiors to say this is how many people were at these events and this is how many people came through our space and, and the type of um, information that was achieved. And, and it's not just, it can be done for for events, event organisers as well so that they can report mm. back to their sponsors yes. and give them. I think it's quite fascinating and it's something that we've really needed in our industry because otherwise it's it's hard. We're competing with so many different channels that um, that this really does drill down. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it must help marketers to sell these projects in internally. I mean, they've got mm. their own stakeholders. They've got people who need to sign off their budgets, presumably just them knowing that you can build that gap to ROI, which wasn't there before. Yeah, yes. Presumably means that projects are... It's, Easy is the wrong word, but it's maybe more straightforward than they would have been to sign off in the past. Exactly, yes. Trinity P3. In the more <laughs> recent past, you, we've all experienced the pandemic. Now, wow, for you guys, that must have been really hard. I mean, how, you know, we, no one was even allowed anywhere near any kind of event, let alone let alone a, a sponsored one. We're now seeing people back on the street 
in, I think, record number. I mean, I was in the city over the weekend. You could barely move for people. I know it's close to, we're recording this close to Christmas, so it's going to be busy, but even so, Melbourne was absolutely buzzing. Um, So I'm guessing for for you guys having come through that incredibly tough time, which, you know, would be interesting to hear about, I, I, I intuitively, I think there must have been a, a, a big rebound. You know, but have you seen the dynamics of brand experience change um, as a result of COVID? Have you observed any differences in how much consumers want to engage? And has there been that sort of bounce back now that people are allowed back on the streets? Yeah. Well, you were totally right. It was a horrible time, right. <laughs> such a horrible time. Um, back in 2020, we were still part of. WPP, I can remember that day so vividly. We were activating at the Grand Prix, at the Form- at Formula One, um, because it was open for one day. Of course, that was the closed. one that got shut, the gates got shut. And the, oh, my gosh. That was, so, yeah. so it was on, off, on, off. You know, it was just all through the night and, and the morning. And then it was, you know, okay, major events are closed, so we had to, you know, get our staff out of there as well. The phones for all my clients, all my staff were just answering phones because all events moving forward were cancelled. And it yeah. was March, so it was summer, so we had a lot going on. Um, and then we were all sold, told on that same day, take your computers and go home. It was <laughs> pretty extraordinary and, yeah. you know, something that we never want to ever um, <laughs> experience again, obviously. Um, but coming out of it, um, there was hesitation and I guess it was understandable from event organisers because they had lost so much money over that time. It was stop, start, stop, start yes. and, um, until it was pretty obvious that, you know, COVID was, um, uh, you know, the COVID threats had gone. So it was the general public were ready to attend all of the events and I think anything anyone went to, tickets were sold out, people were there. It was so exciting. They were craving that um, engagement and I guess everyone wanted to get away from virtual events. I think they yes. they halted fairly fast, um, you know, put screens away and, and go out and actually just have a really good time and enjoy. So it's been really, really busy in those two years and that's the two, you know, so we're very excited about that and uh, we're not looking back. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I, I made the comment, because, I mean, COVID obviously comes up quite a lot in, in in these podcasts, but I think relative to the industry, you guys, I mean, agencies, a lot of agencies were still able to at least function. They were still able to make adverts. They were still able to buy media. You can't put on an event um, and, and that's it, you know, and, and you've got a lot of people, you just talked about your your ambassadors, they're all reliant on on you for, you know, for, their, for their living. So yeah, I, I mean, I, that must've been really hard. Did you get much involved in developing Virtual events? When- we did We did a few, um, not too many. I mean, we had to try to pivot really quickly, but we were about a third of the size that we are now, so we weren't a big team. And we also had clients in other states, so it was really quite interesting. Even though we were, you know, within our 5Ks, we were still able to do so many events that were, like we were doing Super Netball for HCF is one of our clients and it'd be like, okay, we're in Queensland. No, it's gone to WA now. Like we'd have to uh, pivot really quickly and we'd had staff there that could manage. We had supervisors and things like that. Um, We also did a lot of work for Volvo and they were in New South Wales as well. It was as soon when Sydney shut down, that was 
really an indication that Sydney is the world. Yeah. <laughs> it was Australia. Like Melbourne, you could, we think we are, yeah, but we're not really, you know, we're not yes. really. So we were, and we had, you know, uh, obviously we've done a lot of work for TAC for many, many years. We did use it for some time for planning as well. Mm-hmm. So that was quite good. Um, and with those brand ambassadors, it was interesting. We had to evaluate how many hours they'd done with us over the years and we were able to still put about 40 or 50 people on JobKeeper as well. So okay. that was really appreciated to uni, uni students, mainly, you know, uni yeah, students. Yeah. So They were reliant to buy their noodles and buy their food and yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah. we've all been there. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, so it was interesting. Yeah. Yes, indeed yeah. it was. Um well, let's let's talk. Then you, I mean, you said you just said you were about a third of the size you were. So clearly, there's been a lot of growth uh, in the last in the last couple of years. And we touched on this um, uh, a, a few minutes back in terms of building the bridge to ROI with with brand experience. And I I do. I mean, my own in my own experience working at various different types of agencies, it, some clients are quite scared of brand experience. I think they they're quite. And, and not just because of ROI, you know, the, the, this, it's a really intricate execution. Um, the perception of risk and the effort involved and, you know, I've, I had clients in the past sort of saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's great that you're trying to do this, but we would have to do so much work for this as well and we don't, we're not staffed up for it and all of that kind of stuff. How do you best mitigate for those kind of challenges and and uh, do you have any great conversion stories where someone was really just not wanting to play and you managed to convince them otherwise? Well, I, I guess one thing, um, first of all, what we think is really critical for, um, like, like we can certainly understand why new clients would be you know, stepping on a few eggshells before they, they take up brand experience. But um, what we think is really critical is making sure it's a specialist brand experience agency, which we obviously are, but making sure that they've got in-house production and creative as well Mm -hmm. and really um, experience within the space because there are so many things you need to know. It's really quite you need a lot of knowledge and experience and you need to be very pragmatic and react quickly and put out fires and things like that, as you can imagine. Um, So... We feel like that is is really important and also being able to manage the experience from end to end. So that is, that's what we do and we really um, pride ourselves on being able to, to do that and be experts in that area. But we're process mad. So that, as you were saying, that... Intricate um, execution. I think yes, the, yes. The posh way of saying it, but yeah. Yeah, but we... Uh, we, we love it. There's so much rigour and planning around everything we do and anything you do... Um, you know, there's OHS and there's training and scoping and testing. And, you know, if you're using new technology and things like that, you don't want to rush into these things because things can go horribly wrong. Yes. So we take our clients on that journey with us. We're very transparent as well with them. And we also manage expectations because you've just got to know, especially if you're doing something outdoors, you've got to have a backup plan and mm. all of, especially when we're, here in, of course, in yes. December. Four seasons and all that. Sun, yeah, and it's it was, meant to be summer. That's right. <laughs> I've got my umbrella in the car. Yeah. yeah. So we work really closely on the consumer journey as well. So we make sure that they're very involved in yeah. that, which we found is um, works really 
works really well. You presumably got to bring other agency partners along on, on that journey as well sometimes. Yes, sometimes you've got to bring specialists. For, yeah. All, yeah, And we've got a really great network. That's a good thing in having such a – I'm so proud of the team that I have and they've come from different areas as well. So they come and bring their expertise their expertise and their, their network. Mm-hmm. And we, we do love that. Like we are very honest with clients as well. We, you know, if we're bringing in a, a, a specialist, we can't do everything, but we will still manage it. We will manage them and make sure that, you know, everything is as seamless as possibly can. Um, but you asked the question, have we... Um, oh, conversion stories, yes. Yes. Well, I guess everyone who comes to us knows that they're coming to us for a brand experience because that's really the heart of everything that we do. But often they start quite small and that's really up to us to then give them that confidence and, and show those results that they do more than that. Yes. And that's that, that's probably the success story and we, we just love that when it started as a really tiny client and then we can say, look, look where it is now. And, and sometimes you're a bit reticent with those tiny clients. <laughs> but, um, no, so, we, yeah, we're really happy to be able to do that. And, again, it goes back to the measurements, the ROI, mm. so that they can be really convinced with it, I think. So, I mean, you mentioned specialists, and, yes, you're working with specialists. But, I, I mean, I regard you as a specialist as well in, in, your, in your field. Um, what advice would you give to marketers who are considering experimentation with, with brand experience and, why choose a specialist rather than the experienced team sitting inside their agency? We sort of talked at the start, some, a lot of these, a lot of the larger mm-hmm. agencies have them. Um, and what's best practice in terms of getting the best out of you in, in, as part of a broader campaign? Well, I guess it depends what they're looking for as well because there are so many different levels and scales of what you're doing. Um, we would always say come to us. Well, <laughs> Clearly. You would, yes. I, I mean, this, I could, is, yeah, this isn't was... a sales vehicle, but, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, I feel like it was just another thing that I was actually going to mention, which I feel is important to the events, is with the staffing side of things as well. Yeah. Um, and having staff um, within our books that we recruit, we train them and we manage them. Um, and we also involve clients with them as well. So if the client wants to do the training, because, you know, it might be some really intricate things that need to be, um, that they need to be able to communicate yes. to the target or the audience, it's good to in- involve clients as well because some things are quite complicated. Yeah, I mean, that it's really important, isn't it? I guess from a client's point of view, there would be nothing more disappointing than all of the intricacy involved in executing something only to then go and check it out and find a monosyllabic teenager on the stand who can't answer the first question about the product, for example, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. You guys must have to work really hard in recruitment to, to, to Well, it, it sort of goes back about 15 years ago when I started working with TAC. Obviously, the you know, so many pillars, the understanding um, TAC is quite an intricate thing and we did use different agencies and I would just be there just berating people because I could see they weren't interested. They didn't care. Trinity P3. So I just wanted to talk about in-house staffing because I feel that that is an area that is quite unique and it gives clients the the comfort um, of knowing that we are doing the recruiting, the training, the management of the of these people as well. And they have the opportunity to select them, meet them, 
and also in some instances, instances um, be involved in the training as well. Like, for example, when we do work for Volvo, it, there's a lot to learn about electric vehicles. There's a lot to learn, yeah. at, you know, so we actually include our brand ambassadors in the training and then make sure that we use them for multiple events because I think that is really, really important. But when we did start doing it, it was probably 15 years ago when I first started working for TAC and we just wanted to make sure that we had people who had their heart in the job as well and that's what, you know, we've had some amazing staff over the time obviously they've all a lot of them move on because they get real jobs (laughs) yes but um we felt that that was just really really important and um having those people on on our books and we um they're either performers or brand ambassadors and supervisors and again i feel when when clients spend so much money on a brand experience they want to know that it's executed and delivered really really well Mm. And they've got the right people presenting their brand. Okay, so in terms of advice you give to marketers considering experimentation, um, what's, what what would be your checklist? What would be your top sort of five things to really think hard about? You've mentioned specialists um, and making sure there's a good specialist network. Yes, I feel like that you need to certainly, from a production point of view, you want you want producers there that have experience in in this field as well so that um they that is a a critical thing yeah you also need um creatives there as well um but it's probably the producers that um at the end of the day they're they're ticking all those boxes and making sure that everything is done and um you know even from engineering point of view and, and and those elements yes that's really quite critical um in-house we think is the best thing because also a lot of a lot of the times you may have your events on weekends you want you want those people to be contactable and you want to make sure that there is some loyalty to whoever they're representing as well because it would be terrible if um, there was a huge thunderstorm and then there's no one answering their phones you just need to know that staff have that team there who are dedicated mm-hmm. to those to the projects there and and also you want to see the processes that they've got in place. And I think that is a, a critical thing that, that we see. Um, you want to see all of the OH&S and, and that complete plan as well. It's important. Yes, that old saying that execution is nine-tenths of the law. I think yes. that applies to your area yeah. probably more than mm-hmm. more than anywhere else. I mean, you you know, yeah. I mean, some of your case studies I see doing things like shutting down Burke Street Mall and putting a tennis court in the middle of it yes. is... Um, you don't just rock up on a Saturday morning and get that done, right? Um, no, that was a that was a big start to the year. That, yeah, that's, no doubt. That's for sure. And and with a project like that, there's a lot of stakeholder management as well. You can imagine shutting down the mall, shutting down the trams for 24 hours, etc. You've got City of Melbourne, and you've got you've got well, Maya was the client, but then you also had all the other retailers who had to sign off on it as well because it, they're in the mall and. That was a big one. You must, yeah. have, your little black book must get tested quite a lot, <laughs> no? I mean, you, you, there must be, for all of the intricacy of process, I'm guessing after 15 years, I mean, it's about knowing the right people to call and having established relationships with people must be really important, particularly from a 
permit and an OHS and all of these other things that you've got to consider in any given situation. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And we always decide to treat whoever works for us really well. We've yes. always made sure that they're part of our our family there because often you get these jobs and you haven't got a long, long time to turn them around as well, so you might need to find contractors <laughs> very quickly and you want people who want to work with you and are treated well. Yeah. Um, that's really important to us as well. Okay. Well, let's talk about the future. What, what, what excites you at the moment? What's your vision for the future in terms of how consumers are experiencing the brands they love with you? Well, I feel like we're all seeing a lot of really exciting projects all, all around the world, aren't we? You know, yeah. they're, they're popping up. They're popping up everywhere. So I guess it's about new technology and and getting new clients involved and experiencing it. That and and also looking at brand experiences part of the overall campaign yes. because it's you know it doesn't have to just be on its own. It should be really integrated into everything else that is being you know that is being done. So that's really exciting. But I guess one of the things is, oh, one of the things for us is as well, like we're, we like collaborating with other agencies as well. And some of the best projects that we have done um, has been working with either PR agencies or, or creative agencies. But it's about getting involved at the beginning or as soon as possible. That that's always the best when everyone can actually have some input into making sure it is, you know, delivered. Is it a common challenge that you get sort of? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes. But um, or also there's a, a challenge, I think, with some, you know, mainly with some of the bigger agencies. They might come up with something, sell it into a client, but it hasn't been, they haven't done the due diligence. Yes. And we would, we would never do that if it's one of our um, projects. We make sure we've met with engineers Etc. to make sure it is doable because that's the worst thing, exciting a client and then it can't be done or it can't be done for that price and it's not going to look anything like what was first, uh, uh, what the concept was in the first place. I'm smiling as you're saying it, um, Kerry, because I think as someone who runs quite a lot of pitches, I'm guessing that some of those ideas, some of those ideas have come out of a winning pitch agency uh, yeah. or a winning pitch and... Um, you know, the, the honeymoon period starts and stops very quickly if they then can't yeah. deliver that pitch idea properly. Exactly, um, exactly. So we always just make sure that, we, um, that we've that we already made sure that it, it can be delivered. Yes, which is obviously <laughs> quite important. Trinity P3. So I promised you one final mystery question. Um, and you've, well, I, I've been thinking about that as we've, as we've talked and you, you're obviously very passionate about the clients that you work with. Um, what would be your dream client that you haven't worked with and why? Okay. Well, I guess what I'm like we're, we're really um, enjoying at the moment is seeing clients who are being brave. Yeah. Um, and that was certainly what Maya did with us with the tennis court. So that was great, a lot of excitement there. So in saying that, I think Red Bull would be a great client. Um, we did um, um, tip our toe in the water where we did F1 a few years ago, but that's, ex- that's really exciting as well. So yes. I feel like that would be something that would be a client we'd love to be working with. Well, Red Bull, <laughs> F1 Australia, if you're listening, there's someone here who'd love to work with you. Um, Kerry, thank you. It's been, it's been really interesting to talk to you. I think you work in a really, really fascinating part 
of the marketing ecosystem um, and clearly one which has a lot of potential um, to really shift people's perception of brand, which is which is what so much of marketing's about. So um, all the best for the future. You're obviously growing at a, a frightening rate. Um, and uh, who knows, you might be winning an award for Red Bull anytime soon. <laughs> and I guess there's something that I didn't mention, which has been quite important over the last two years, that we are now independent. So it's funny, after being in 2024, it's our 20th anniversary, which is huge but it will also be our three-year anniversary and I do feel like it is a new agency now because we are you know I've got a, a great leadership team where everyone is just so invested in the business and, and really being able to do things our way and and not have um and not worry when we're we're putting on some new specialists in different areas. We do have to worry because it all comes down to the money yes, at, the, at the end. But it's really nice to be able to look at the business and see what does the business really want um, and just work with such a passionate team of people. So um, I love the culture and the team that we have. Fantastic. Well, that's a great positive note to end on. Happy third birthday and uh, here's to many more. <laughs> no, we're going to go to 20s. Gonna yeah, be, we're going to have to have a big party yeah, next year. And also the clients. We've had great clients and I need to thank them for their support because we, we love working with them. Okay. All right. Thank you, Gary. Pleasure.